and welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, we are going to talk about extreme work. Well, what does that mean, extreme work? Well, let's talk about it and find out. So I was watching a um, video from Queen and Freddie Mercury. It was the last video, last song they recorded, but the last video that they recorded that really kind of stuck out. And it was, um, these are the days of their lives. It was originally written by another member of the band about his kids. Whilst Freddie Mercury was dying of AIDS, they decided to use this song, create it as their last video, their last recording, and use it as kind of like a swan song for Freddie Mercury. Now, at the time of this recording, like I said, Freddie Mercury was pretty sick, but he would get up when he could. He would make his way to the studio, and he would, as they say, take a shot of vodka, stand there, maybe leaning up against the speaker stack, mic in hand, and he would sing the song. Now, the band... And people in the know knew that Freddie's voice wasn't quite the same because he was sick, but he would still nail the notes. He would put all his effort into it. And then when he was doing the video, he was still there looking over the the tracks, the cuts, the video, saying that maybe we could do this a little different, maybe do that better, maybe look at the costume and the makeup and everything and make sure everything was just right. And when they finished it, Then it was shortly thereafter that he passed away. And you start to think about this. You start to think about that work ethic in him, that extreme work up to the point of he's, you know, a few moments, a few days, a little bit of time left, and he's still doing what he likes to do. He's still doing his passion, and he's making it happen. And he's out there giving it his all despite how he feels. And oftentimes I sit back and I think, hmm, What do I do that keeps me from having that work ethic or that keeps me from having that drive in me? People that know me know that I'm, I'm driven. I um, am pretty particular the way I see things and how I want things to go. I don't settle for just anything. The concept of like go big or go home is kind of, relevant, especially when it comes to entertainment type things that I'd be involved in. I remember there's many times when, for example, I was working at a a college and I was overseeing the radio station and I'd spend countless hours on the radio station and people would ask me, why are you still here? Why do you spend so much time there? It's because I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. But then we'd put together things like a glow party for a back-to-campus in the fall, back-to-campus, you know, welcome-back type thing. And things had to be just so. You know, had to make sure that we had plenty of lights, had to make sure that we had accessories like glow sticks that we could pass out to people, make sure we had giveaways. I remember getting in trouble even for stuff that I wanted to do, like give away Ariana Grande tickets and Ram tickets, and there were other tickets given as giveaways, not just, you know, little things. I wanted it to be big. I wanted to make a statement. And so I'd have to push back against the naysayers and people that wanted me not to do that type of stuff. Because, again, it was untraditional. Had to change the culture. 
And then, of course, there are people that were kind of jealous of those ideas because no one had ever done this before. Raise the standard. Bring out the inner greatness of the program. And so sometimes I feel that I do hit that Freddie Mercury-esque type drive that drove him to the recording studio day in and day out when he could in his final days to record the song. And I encourage you to go watch the video. If There's even a kind of a documentary about the final days, that whole thing that was being recorded. And it's fascinating to uh, listen to and to talk about. But as I was watching that and as I was kind of absorbing everything that was going on with Freddie Mercury during that uh, time, started making me think about, you know, there's a work ethic, but then there's what you might call extreme work. Summertime is always a time where people go on tour, okay? Um, obviously, coming out of the pandemic, people are excited to get back on the road. And you think about these artists that are out there hitting the road. You know, maybe if you're a country music fan, I know Garth Brooks recently wrapped up a tour and it was successful. But then you think about someone like Elton John. Elton John's 75 years old. And from September 7th of 2022, so as of this recording, a little bit later in the year, to July 8th, 2023, he's going to be putting together 71 concerts around the world. In the U.S., I think he's going to New Zealand and then back to the U.K. But at 75, doing 71 concerts, no wonder why his middle name is Hercules. But you think about the, the work that goes into that, and you know that his performance in concert one versus the final one is going to be the same, if not better, because you're performing in front of your home group. So maybe you get that inspiration a little bit more, that motivation or that whatever's inside you that drives you to want to have that grand finale, right? The grand finale is always something that we look forward to. And fireworks shows, you get the fireworks show, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is cool, this is cool. But then the grand finale hits, and it's like, boom, that was it. And so you got these artists, and you think about you know, like someone like Elton John, 75, touring the, the globe, performing. And then other concerts that are out there this year, you think about the longevity of these people. Sure, they've had their ups and downs, their obstacles, their hurdles, whether it be drugs, whether it be relationship issues in the band, whether it be egos, but they would always come back together. Aerosmith's out touring. And I know there's some issues with uh, Aerosmith and some health issues and things, but they're out there. And they're trying to get that uh, tour going. And they're trying to overcome those obstacles to keep the tour going. But they're out there. They're planning it. They're putting it out there. You think about Sting. Sting's doing another tour. And he's going to be out there doing a number of dates. I think 41 dates over three, four months. And again, you think that that might not be a lot compared to the old days. You know, back in the mid-80s, I think it was Bruce Springsteen, his Born in the USA tour. I think it went like two years I think it was like he left single. Two years later, the tour was done, and he came back married. But things are different now, and we're still coming out of the pandemic era. I think of like I think it was Bon Jovi recently, another group that has been together for almost 40 years, if not more. And they were out performing, and they did a Midwest tour because, again, the coasts were still – iffy as to whether people could perform and what the performance level is like and all that because of restrictions and so forth. But they got out on the road again, and they performed to packed houses, and they've been around for a long time. But what keeps those long? What keeps that longevity? What keeps those bands together? Journey's still out there. 
you know, Billy Joel, he's been around still performing. I do regret one time not going to see Billy Joel. I was supposed to go to Milwaukee a couple of years ago. I think it was 2019. And so I'd gotten tickets to go see Billy Joel uh, in Milwaukee at Miller Park at the time. But then due to weather conditions in Milwaukee, I never got to make the trip. So I had to sell off the ticket. But that's one guy that I would like to have seen in concert, along with Elton John. Just never been able to uh, see Elton John because it's never matched up. But maybe I might have to catch him this time around, see where he's playing, and uh, maybe catch him. But you look at these artists and you wonder, you know, is their drive or is their talent, is that the thing that puts them on top? Let's check into that. I think back at Michael Jackson, never got to see him in concert either, but people would say that it was a phenomenal concert and the work that he put into it, the work that he put into his albums. I mean, think about Thriller, for example, and that what that was like. I mean, you compare Freddie Mercury and what he did with Bohemian Rhapsody and Michael Jackson and what he did with Thriller. Those are two iconic performances. Bohemian Rhapsody at the time, I think it was like a six, seven-minute song. And everybody kept telling him that that was too long. Radio would not play it. If you look back at the Beatles and some of those earlier songs, they're no more than three minutes because radio would not play a song longer than three minutes. That was the rule. That was the the standing radio law that if you wanted the song on radio, it had to be less than three minutes. That's why Chuck Berry, Elvis, some of these older uh, artists, they have shorter songs. And then Freddie Mercury came out with, Bohemian Rhapsody, and he fought back and he pushed the envelope. He said, no, we're going to play and we're going to have this song be exactly what I want it to be. And I think it was six, I think actually the official version is 624. And somebody played it on the radio, probably some rebel DJ somewhere, wanted to get back at the man, so he's going to play it. And next thing you know, it became a huge hit. And then it spawned the video. And again, the video, too long, nobody's going to play it. And the video, I think, was even longer. Became a hit. And then with Thriller, Thriller was the same thing. You had like this long version of a song. And then you had this long version of a video. And all the stuff went on with it, the makeup and the choreography and everything. It's kind of iconic. But again, pushback. You can't do that because it's not the norm. It's not the standard. It's not what everybody else is doing. But they pushed and they said, no, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. But what caused them to do that? Is it just their talent alone? Well, let's take a look at that because I think it goes beyond that. I think what it really goes down to or what it gets down to, the number one thing is their work ethic. You talk to anybody that is a successful person and they will tell you that talent gets you only so far. It's the work that you put into it. It's the practice hour after hour after hour. It's the planning that goes into it. It's the creativity and the time that you focus on your project. You got to put the work in. You got to be able to have the ability to put time into whatever it is that you want to do to make yourself successful. You think back to some of the, uh, the greats, like for example, athletes, I guess would be the, the one area that you could really see work. You know, they go to practice, right? You think about musicians and sure they're writing songs. And then for some, it comes easy. There's like no effort at all. I remember a story about John Bon Jovi when he got the uh, deal to do uh, Young Guns, the soundtrack. Apparently, he kind of wrote the whole album in his head pretty much on the way back from the meeting in his car. And he was able to bang that thing out pretty quick. So sometimes 
It's easy for people, and you have this knack to just write things. But you know it wasn't half-assed. You know he put his time, his effort, his energy, and his all into it. But so sometimes it comes natural for people playing the guitar or an instrument. You have to put in the hours if you want to be able to be successful. Do you think Elton John just picked up the piano one day and was like, oh, I can play this, and then like he shrouded from the peanuts and playing? No, he put time in. He put effort in. He put planning in. He practiced, practiced, practiced. All those artists, all those musicians, you think of Slash, you hear his story, just playing the guitar, playing the guitar, playing the guitar. That's all he wanted to do was sit and play the guitar. And so then you get good at it. The more you do it, the better you get at it, again, if you do it properly. But athletes, athletes, I think you can see the transition a lot more in people, in athletes, because they're in the public eye more often. What do I mean by that? Well, take a look at, let's say, Michael Jordan, for example. Okay, Michael Jordan, there was a, um, a time when he was early in his career. I believe he was playing the uh, Detroit Pistons in the early 90s before he won his championships. And um, it was uh, game seven against the Pistons, and they lost. And he had to rethink, okay, what is it that's not working for me? So what did he do? He decided that he needed to get bigger, stronger, got in the weight room, put his hands or his life into the hands of a trainer. And so he would go work out. If he was traveling during the season on the West Coast, he would pay for his trainer to meet him in Portland, L.A., Phoenix, and they'd go work out. He'd work out as soon as he got off the plane. He'd work out after games. He was constantly working out, putting in the time in the gym. He got bigger. He got stronger. And that then, along with his practice on the court, six NBA championships, MVPs, and now arguably, depending on who you ask, one of the greatest basketball players. He is one of the greatest, but is he the greatest? Well, there's a lot of argument over that now because a lot of people have followed him. Take a look at Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was a guy who kind of had the same mentality. He puts the work in. He puts the ethic in. And then what happens is he finds out what's wrong. So early in his career, he realized that his jump shots were falling short. Then he realized that he needed more leg strength. So after the season, he started to put in the weight room, put the effort in to get his legs stronger. And then he'd find out, he'd go talk to people about this, that. How do you do this? What do you do for that? How do you get better here? What did you do there? And then he would put that, all that advice and information that he took, and he'd put the work in to get better. Jump shot after jump shot after jump shot, free throw after free throw after free throw. So these guys that have natural ability, they don't become successful just based on their ability. It's their work ethic that they put into it. John Wooden, legendary coach from UCLA, he would tell his players that you have to look in the mirror and ask yourself this question. And this is the quote that he said, okay? So you look yourself in the mirror and you ask this question. Did I play the very best I could? Did I give that 100% effort that was necessary for me to be successful? See, when you put forth your best effort, you can hold your head high regardless of the score. And that's one thing that I learned early on because I was a part of a lot of teams that didn't have much talent. You could tell we weren't going to be a championship team just based on paper. Look at the players that we had. Look at the team we had. And you compare it to other, you know, we're playing teams that are 6'2". Got players that are 6'2", you know, a couple hundred pounds, and we're all like 5'6", 5'7", 5'8". So when you put it on paper like that, 
you're not automatically going to be ranked to number one or not autom- automatically picked to be the favorite. But there were times that we'd put in the work, put in the work, and we'd gain successes. We'd improve. Take this for example. Let's say you are a track athlete you won, and you run a distance. Let's say you run the mile. And let's say you run the mile the first time in six minutes. That's your personal best. Then you work, you work, you work, and then eventually you get to a personal best of 530. Well, let's say you, won the, you, uh, you run the 100-yard dash. You start out and your best is 12 seconds. And then maybe you can whittle it down to, let's just say, 11 and a half seconds. And let's say 11 and a half seconds is your best. No matter how much work you put in, no matter how much you do, 11 and a half is going to be your best. That's all your physical ability will allow. How are you going to beat someone like Hussein Bolt? Probably not. But what did you do? You improved yourself. You got better. You did everything you can. And we're just talking about physical ability in something that is purely your own self. So now imagine if you took that ethics into a business. You took that work ethic into creating something, your passion, whatever it is. Imagine what would happen if you took that work ethic that got you that, you know, half a second faster because you worked on getting out of the blocks better. You worked on breathing techniques. You worked on stamina. You worked and worked and worked, and you improved and got personal best. See, there's nothing wrong with having a personal best because, again, if you put your 100% effort into it, that was necessary for you to be successful because you're successful at it. Now, in other areas, maybe not athletics, but maybe business, you have an opportunity to take that same work ethic and make it to the top. Be number one. Maybe you write a bestseller. Maybe you paint a picture that's going to hang in a museum because you put the work ethic into painting, studying, strokes, color combinations, highlights. You see? So it also depends on what you're doing. But when it comes down to it, I often think about what Martin Luther King Jr. had to say in this speech right here. What I'm saying to you this morning, my friend, even if it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, go on out and sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Handel and Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. If you can't be a pine on the top of a hill, be a scrub in the valley, but be the best little scrub on the side of the reel. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. It isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best of whatever you are. And when you do this, when you do this, you've mastered the length of life. So you think that sums it up pretty good. Be the best at whatever your lot in life is. Maybe your lot in life is to be a mother, a father. And so maybe you turn down dreams of whatever they were to be something because you wanted to be the best parent. And so you wanted to be there for the kids. I read something. Actually, I was watching a video of Elon Musk. No, it wasn't Elon Musk. It was um, a dude from 
Shark Tank, I believe Kevin O'Leary. And he was talking about how when it comes to being successful, there are no Saturday soccer games that you go to. There are no Sunday dinners that you go to because you're putting all your effort. And I think he got it wrong a little bit there because I understand the sentiment. And I think he went on to tell a story about a, um, a guy who was in one of his college classes and he had a very successful business while in college. He was an engineer and he was making money and he was going to school and he was investing in his business and it was all coming together. But he had a fiance and his fiance was telling him to quit the business, just do school and then invest time into her and their life together, I guess. And so he asked Kevin O'Leary, what should I do? And Kevin O'Leary said, you should choose the one that's harder to replace, meaning the business. You can always find a fiance, I guess. I don't know. I guess that was his point. But he was like, choose the business. Now, again, I disagree with him a little bit because then where are your values? You know, do you really want to have a, a child just to neglect do you want to have a spouse just to neglect and not be around? Now, you might need to wait and find that specific spouse that understands what it is that you're going through or what it is that your work ethic is like or what it is that you want out of life and find that compatibility. But it takes a special person. Think about military wives. Sometimes for military wives or police wives or first responder wives. And you think about these different spouses it could be a husband of a military member, of a first responder, of a nurse, a doctor. You think about these spouses and what they have to go through, and sometimes it takes a specific type of person and personality to fit with those schedules. And so Michael Jordan, he put in the weight room work. He got bigger. He made a quote one time that said, everybody has talent, but ability takes hard work. You might have the talent to do something, but if you have the ability to do it, then you put in your time. Ever ask yourself, hey, I'm talented, or people tell you you're talented, but then you have nothing to show for it because maybe you did not put in the hard work that was required of you to take that talent, turn it into ability, ability into success. It takes practice and experience. See, practice isn't the thing that you do when you're good. It's the thing that you do that makes you good. That's what practice is. I had a coach one time tell me that, uh, you know, you heard the, the saying, maybe practice makes perfect. Well, he changed it and said practice makes permanent. Perfect practice makes perfect. And I see the analogy there. Because successful people have the willingness to work, but they want to work and do it right. Your note is off if you're a singer, so you practice that. Your band, your rehearsal, it's just not right, so you do it over and over until you get it right. Because then when you get on the stage, it's going to sound good to the audience. I've been to a concert that was really bad, and you're like, whoa. Or remember, I remember back in the, uh, the glory days of metal bands on the Sunset Strip, sometimes they'd hit the stage, and they were just wasted, and you could tell they were wasted, and they played really bad, and you're like, dude, what am I doing here? But then there'd be other times that they would just write on and it was like, whoa, this is a good show. Because they put their work in. They put in the proper work in. A mathematician once wrote, it's the hard work that makes a difference. I don't care how smart you are or how smart you think you are. Smart simply means you're ready to learn. 
smart, being smart thinks is just basically you're ready to learn. Think about that. It's hard work that makes a difference. I don't care how smart you are or how smart you think you are. Smart simply means that you're ready to learn. So talent. Talent simply means that you're ready to practice. Ability is the result of hard work that you put in. So no matter how talented you are at something, that just means you're ready to work. Put the work in. I know there's times where people would complain about having to work extra hours, overtime, staying late at the office. But if you are enjoying something, if you enjoy what you do, if it's your passion and you're making it happen, then it's not work. All those hours I spent at the radio station, it wasn't work. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Sometimes I felt bad that I had to leave. But then again, it went back to balance. I needed balance. So if you find yourself not enjoying what you're doing, then maybe you're just simply not doing what you're passionate about. And maybe you should find a different passion. Maybe you have lofty goals. Maybe you're bank president. Maybe you're the bank president, but you're putting in all these hours, but you're not happy. Maybe that's not your passion. Maybe your passion was being a bank teller because you liked working with people. That's one of the conversations you have in education. When you're a professor and you're teaching, do you want to make the promotion to be a dean? A lot of people don't want to do that because you're taken out of the classroom now and you can't teach. And a lot of professors, teachers, they want to teach. They want that experience with the student. And so if you take someone out of that and put them in a deanship, yeah, it's an improvement on your career, right? A promotion, a raise. But you're not doing what you're passionate about. That's teaching. So, of course, you've got all this stuff going on, right? And you're passionate about what you're doing. You're excited about what you're doing. You love it. But even sometimes those that are really enjoying it and don't mind all the hours and the work, can sometimes what you do feel like work? Absolutely. Because it depends on your mood for that day. It depends on how you're feeling. It depends on how life is hitting you. And sometimes we have those off days. When I was coaching baseball, I used to remind the players, because remember, I didn't always have the best of teams based on talent, but we put the work in. We'd work hard. So that way, when we left the field, we could hold our heads high because we gave it everything we got. I'd always tell them, a bad day on the baseball diamond is better than a good day someplace else. Because, yeah, I can have a good day someplace else, but am I really happy? Sure, I'm not content with losing. But again, if we are putting in the effort, we're putting in the work, I see improvements in how we play our game. I see that we executed plays better, less errors, pitching was better. I might not have a guy that can throw 90 miles an hour like the other team. So maybe the other team hits us a little more. Those hits equal runs. But we execute the best we can. That's success. Success despite the scoreboard. It's the mindset. It comes down to your mindset. Have you ever thought about this? Think about this for a minute. Okay. You're driven. You're passionate. You're doing your thing. Get toward the end of the day. What else? What do you mean? Well, what else? What else can I do? See, the successful people that put in the time, they don't settle for just status quo. It's like, what else? What else can I do to do 
What else can I bring? What else can I do? What else can I put into it? What else do I have to do? What else can I offer as a person? What else can I contribute? What else can I do for my family, my job, my coworkers, my friends, me, whatever it might be? What else can I do to make it better? See, a lot of people, especially athletes, they don't settle. You think about Tiger Woods. He was at one point the pinnacle of success. Nobody could beat him. He went back and he redid his putt game and he got better. And people do that. They go back and they redo something to get better, even though everyone else thinks they're already the best. So what can I do? What else can I do? And oftentimes that what else will put you over the top. Sometimes that what else will give you that drive to keep pushing. Life's like a marathon, not a sprint. Sometimes we go through the ups and downs of a marathon. You're feeling good. You're running great. You've got a good stride. And then the side hip pain kicks in. You're starting to feel a little dehydrated. Now you're looking for someplace to hydrate. And your focus is off. Your stride is off. You're slowing down a little bit. But then you get what you need and you pick up the pace again and you're back into it. People that win triathlons, you tell me they don't struggle? Of course they do. In fact, in a triathlon, it usually is everybody has a strength, whether it be the swim, the run, or the bike. But even in their strength, they struggle. It's hard for them to overcome. You know, some profound guy somewhere said this. He said that the road on the extra mile isn't crowded. It's not crowded on the extra mile on that road in the journey of life because people have stopped. They've gone home. They've done other things. You go the extra mile, you might be out there all by yourself. But that's when success happens. That's when winning takes place. Thomas Edison once said that opportunities are missed by most people because opportunity could be in overalls and a T-shirt. And it looks like work. I mean, imagine that. We think of success in a three-piece power suit with a leather-bound briefcase and sports car driving around. That's success. But success is actually 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. You got to do the work. Jay Williams was an NBA player, and he shares a story about uh, one day when he went to uh, Staples Center. I think he was playing with the Bulls at the time, but um, he was not on the Lakers. And he went to Staples Center, and he realized that, you know, okay, it's Kobe Bryant, it's Shaquille O'Neal. I got to get out there, and I want to have a good game to try to beat these guys. So I'm going to get to the gym a little bit earlier and get some stuff done. And he tells this story, an experience he had with Kobe Bryant. Again, Jay Williams from the NBA. Um, and I think that was one of the benefits of being an athlete that was always overlooked, in my opinion. It forced me to work harder. You know, like I always try to outwork people, right? That's just how I made my mark. So the game was at 7. I was like, you know what? I'm going to come to the Staples Center because we're playing. This one, the Lakers had Kobe and Shaq, okay? This is, this is like the championship Lakers. So, you know, I'm going to get there at 3 o'clock. And I want to make sure I make 400 made shots before I go back into the room. And then I sit in the zone and I get ready for the game. Who do I see? I see Kobe Bryant already working out. So once I set my foot across that line, I started working out. And so I worked out for a good hour, hour and a half. And when I came off, after I was done, I sat down 
And of course, I still heard the ball bounce. I look down, I'm like, this guy's, this guy's still working out? So he was working out. Like, it looks like he was in a dead sweat when I got here. And he's still going. And it's not like his moves are nonchalant or lazy. <laughs> he's doing, like, game moves, you know? Um, I sit there and I unlace my shoes. I'm like, I want to see how long this goes. I sit out there and watch another 25 minutes. And he got done. I said, okay, I think I've seen enough. Go play, you know, come back. Get in the sauna, get ready for the game. That game, he drops 40 on us, okay? And after the game is over, I'm like, I, I have to ask this guy. Like, I, I have to understand, like, why, why he, he works like that. Right. So after the game is I'm like, hey, Cove, like, why, why were you in the gym for so long? He's like, because I saw you come in. <laughs> and, I, and I wanted you to know that it doesn't matter how hard you work, that I'm willing to work harder than you. Wow. You just, you inspire me to be better. And it was the first time I started to see this level of competitiveness where I said, I need to start doing more. Right. Wow. But you, you never get better if you're not willing to put in the time. And basketball is very similar to the game of life. There's going to be ups and downs. It's not always going to be easy. There are going to be challenges. There's still going to be curveballs thrown at me. But if you put in the work and you constantly put in the work, that's the only way you're going to grow. Again, talking about putting in the work. Kobe used his opponents to inspire him to work harder. He saw Jay Williams coming to the gym. So he was going to outwork him. And then not only did he outwork him, he put up 40 points in a victory over Jay Williams. And it's inspired Jay Williams to put in more time. How many times have I said on the show that we want to raise the standard of ourselves, bring out our inner greatness, Motivate and inspire others so that they will see how we do it. Then they can go and do it. That's exactly what Kobe was doing. He inspired and motivated Jay Williams to do better. Put in the time. Get better. Because Jay Williams had a mindset of, I need to put in some extra time to try to beat the Lakers. But Kobe was like, no, you need to put in way more time if you want to beat me because I'm out here putting in my time. In fact, not only did I outwork you today, I outworked you in the game. I outscored, and we won. Victorious. See, we want to get to the top quick, and we want to take shortcuts. We think that, you know, things should come to us easy, should be handed to us. We play the lottery because we want fast riches. We think we're entitled to that promotion at work or to that job or that we should get because we deserve, but we don't want to put in the work. You know, if you're out of work and you're sitting on the couch, it's an analogy that goes like this. It's in religious in a religious context. You could sit there, be out of a job, and be praying, God, give me a job, get me a job, get me a job. And you're sitting on the couch watching daytime television. Even though no matter how much you pray, you're not going to get a job because you've got to go out there and put in the work. Now, God might open doors and opportunities for you, as you go out there and you're putting in the work, but you're not going to get a job just sitting on the couch. You got to put in the work. You got to get out there. And I tell people that and they're like, what? Yeah, you got to put in the work, even in that area of life. You got to put in the work. You know, Thomas Edison went on to say that being a genius, okay, talking about the 1%. So being a genius is 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. What does that mean? That means you better pack some deodorant because that's going to get smelly where you're going. 
No matter what you do, you've got to work. If you're in the gym, you see people go to the gym and just kind of sit around at the juice bar, hang out. Are they getting healthier? Are they getting stronger? No. They're just sitting around socializing, and usually they're the ones that are kind of outcast and made fun of because they're not even working out. People there are serious about their workouts. So you've got to start getting stinky in order to have success. Put in the work. You know, Bear Bryant said this. Bear Bryant said this. I was determined to outwork everybody, and I worked day and night to outwork everybody. And that's the sediment that can be heard in the great voices of the great athletes, such as Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, and others. What about George Lucas? Not an athlete. A movie mogul. Star Wars, anyone? Plus other things. Working hard is very important. You're not going to get anywhere without working extremely hard. Quote, extremely hard. You got to put in that extreme work. You can put in the work. But is it extreme? Are you outworking somebody else? Are you in the gym of life before your opponent? Are you staying there long after your opponent? Are you doing what's necessary to prepare yourself to become successful? Maya Angelou, nothing will work unless you do. And it goes on and on. Give anybody, give me a quote from anybody and it all has to do with putting the work in. You know, you can have all the talent in the world, but unless you practice, unless you work, you're not going to rise to the top. These are the people, the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryants, the George Lucases, the John Woodens, the Bear Bryants. These are the ones that really did take their passion and make it happen. They let themselves be great. And that's what we're trying to get. You know, we're trying to get to the point that it doesn't matter, like Martin Luther King Jr. said in the beginning. If you're called to be a street sweeper, be the best. Be the Michelangelo of street sweepers. Be the Beethoven of whatever it is that you're called to do. A teacher, a coach, a librarian, a banker, a construction worker. Think about this. If you're a construction worker, you're out there doing your thing. Let's say you're paving a road. Imagine how many people are going to be grateful that you did your job to the best of your ability, that you were the Picasso of paint pavers as they roll over that road, knowing that they're going to be safe and secure when they go down the highway. See, oftentimes we like to focus on self, and we don't realize that the work we do could affect others. The good work that we do and the positive it has on others Versus the negative work that we do and the negative it has on others. And teachers, mentors, in the education field, this is a big thing for you. Because you have the power to influence and to inspire and to motivate and to raise the standard in kids every single day. What are you doing? Are you bringing You're 100% so that at the end of the day, you can look in the mirror and say you gave all you have despite the outcome. You did your best to teach. You did your best to interact with the students. You did not allow them to get to you. You understood who they are, what they're like. And you were able to 
rise up and master and conquer that obstacle and have a positive influence. Sometimes it only takes a moment to either make or break your relationship with somebody for the good and the bad. And teachers especially, you are there. You have that. You know, Steve Harvey talks about work ethic. You know, Steve Harvey's in the entertainment business and has always had a lot of good, inspiring things to say about his journey. But this is what he has to say about work ethic. You cannot erase the work ethic part. There is no getting around. Ain't no elevator to the top. You got to take the stands. The elevator don't go to the top, man. Not in the world of success. You got to take the stands. Y'all got to start getting gritty, man. I hate it when I see young people wasting their time, wasting all this technology got, just sitting around in this world that's been created for you that everything is instant. But if you can combine your technology with your parents and your grandparents' work ethic, you could be rich, man. Just ask yourself this way. Do people know you for your work ethic? Are people like, man, you work hard? Are people actually commenting about you showing up early and staying late? Because if they're not, you're just blending in with everybody else's work ethic. At the end of the day, talent will not win the game. It is work ethic that will win the game. I can't tell you how many times I've heard talent alone will not win the game. Work ethic. Work ethic is the ability to win. Put in your time. Wayne Gretzky, arguably one of the best hockey players of all time. He was 23 years old. He was in the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay. Edmonton, down 3-0 to the New York Rangers. His father was at practice and asked Gretzky why he was practicing before game four. And Gretzky replied, because we had to. Coach called us in. We had to practice. And Gretzky's dad looked at him for a minute and said, Wow, you're just wasting everybody's time because you put no effort into your practice. The next game, Gretzky and his team were swept out of the Stanley Cup Finals four straight, and that was that. Later that summer, Gretzky and his dad, they're at the grandma's house, and grandma's 79 years old. She's still working hard around the house. Dad points to Wayne and says, she's 79 years old, still working hard. You're 23 in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you wouldn't even practice. Apparently that hit home, because from that moment on, Gretzky worked hard every single day and went on to become so successful that his nickname became the Great One. What do you want to be called? Do you want your nickname to be the Great One or the one that was never there, the mediocre one, the mild one, the lazy one, the one that wouldn't put the work in, the one that everybody else had to bail out. Remember in school, there was always, you had to work in groups, right? Maybe it's groups of three or four. There was always the one that did the most work. And part of the reason for that is because they wanted to. They didn't trust their partners in the group because they wanted to get the A, and so they felt they had to do the work themselves in order to get that. Then there was a couple that would put in work as much as they could, as much as the leader would allow them, and they would contribute and then there was the one that was just the lazy one that would sit around and do nothing and let everybody else do it. And then they'd all get the same grade. And it didn't seem fair that the one that put in no work would get the same grade as someone that put in more work. Now, again, there's a lot of 
stories that can come out of that or life lessons that can come out of that. But the point is, is that that person that was lazy and did nothing and allowed others to do it isn't going to get very far in life because at some time you're going to have to rise up on your own. And will you rise to that challenge or will you just coast? Do you allow for a mediocrity to live in your life or do you want it to be better? Do you want things to be a certain level, but it's hard to get there because you don't have the work ethic. You know, a lot of people sit there and they have dreams and aspirations and you talk to older people and you talk to them about their life and how they thought life was going to go and it might not have gone the way that they wanted. And so they're kind of disappointed. You can kind of tell the tone in their voices, disappointed. But did they put the work in? Or did they allow themselves to be lazy? Did they allow other things in life to take control? Did they become complacent? See, being self-motivated is one of the hardest things that you can be. We all need somebody pushing us, pushing us, pushing us. But if we're not around people to push us, we've got to push ourselves. And oftentimes, that's hard to do because we get complacent. We get lazy. We bring our standards down to everyone else around us instead of continue to rise up, get better, bring others up. Others might not want to rise with us then maybe we have to consider getting a new group of people to push us that want us. We need people in our lives that are going to understand what we're going through, what we're doing, what drives us, what motivates us, why things are a certain way, why we like perfection, why we like to do things and go places and work harder, why we might not always be available. But then on the flip side, like I said, depending on who you are and what you want, you may need some balance. If you're a parent, you may want to go to that Saturday hockey game or that Saturday soccer game. Maybe you want to have Sunday dinner. Sometimes I think it's okay to be able to spend some time with the family because in the end, even though we have this work ethic and we have this drive that we want to be successful and sure requires our time, our effort, our attention, our thoughts, but people aren't going to remember us for that empire that we built. They're going to remember us, especially the ones that we were a part of family and close friends, people that invested in our lives and us and them. They're going to remember us for the time spent. So I think there does have to be a little bit of balance. But hard work, working hard, working smart, and working consistent might be the key for you to increase your work ethic. Ever thought about that? How do I increase my work ethic? What can I do? Well, maybe this helps. If you want to make it in this game, you need to do three things. You need to work hard. You need to work smart. And you need to work consistent. But you have to have all three. See, if you work hard and you work smart, but you don't do it very often and you don't do it consistently, you won't make it. If you work really, really hard and you do it all of the time, but you don't work smart, you're not going to make it. And it goes without saying that if you don't even work hard, you don't stand a chance. Now here's the thing as far as working hard, and I don't blame you if I'm the 10 millionth person who's told you in your life you have to work hard. 
I guarantee your parents have told you that. I guarantee coaches have told you that. Anytime they interview some celebrity on TV, what did you do to make it? You got to work hard. You got to work hard. What does work hard mean? See, here's the problem. It's a relative term. Each of us defines it differently. What you consider working hard might make him laugh. What he considers working hard, Kobe Bryant might laugh at. Here's how I'm going to define working hard. You take yourself to the point of discomfort. That can be physical, that can be mental, that can be emotional. But you take yourself out of your comfort zone. If you guys want to make it, you have to learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And if you want to be great, if you want to be like the Kevin Durant type player, you have to make working hard a habit. Durant. See, Tom Brady didn't become Tom Brady by just his talent alone. He put in the work during the season and in the offseason. He worked hard. And that's how all these people, like the clip said, no matter who you ask, how did you become successful, you have to put in the work. You got to work hard. You got to work smart. And you got to be consistent in that work ethic. If you go to the gym and you only work out maybe a couple times this week, once next week, maybe four the following week, and you're not really consistent, you're not going to get bigger or stronger. You're not going to be able to achieve what you want if you're looking to lose weight and you some days will eat sugar and candy and fast food, and the next day it's all salads. Well, you're not going to lose weight. You got to be consistent. You got to be smart. You got to stay on course. Work is a relative term. What's hard work to you might be different to me, might be different to somebody else. One of the reasons why Kobe Bryant had such a hard time with Shaq is because Kobe's work ethic was off the charts. Shaq didn't take the stairway to the top. If there was no elevator, he was going to stop wherever the elevator stopped at. He wasn't going to take the stairs. He had natural ability and talent, and he did put in some work, of course. But could you imagine if Shaq had the work ethic of Kobe? Those guys could have won 10 championships in a row. They would have been unstoppable. And that's why Kobe had a hard time with Shaq, because the work ethic. That's why he had a hard time with a lot of people on his team, because he would say, I'm putting in the work. Am I to trust somebody else who did not put in the work with my success? And sometimes you put yourself on an island when you have a work ethic that's above everybody else. You're working hard. But your success is going to be up there. Look at any athlete that's an MVP, a Hall of Fame, holds records, there's a difference between them. If you make it to a pro sport, especially, let's say, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, baseball pitcher, home run hitter, basketball player, okay, you're going to be good. There's a reason why you are in that professional league. Everybody's good. But what makes these people stand out? It's the work they put in off the field, off the floor off the diamond. It's the little things. Sometimes Tony Gwynn would say that he would see a pitcher 
and he would pick out a tail that would tip a pitch. It's the slightest of things, but he knew when that pitcher did that thing, whatever it was, he knew a certain pitch was coming. He'd be ready for it. It's studying. It's learning. It's putting the work. That's part of it. It's not just a lot of the focus has been, you know, kind of physical work. But what about educational work, mind work, motivating yourself, getting yourself prepared, the whole being prepared for success. A lot of people don't handle success very well because they haven't prepared for it. You get a big contract and you overspend. You don't realize that there's all this money that's taken out for taxes and agents and publicists and all these other things. And so you overspend and all of a sudden, even though you have a $5 million contract, you're out of money. You got to prepare for success. So as you're preparing to be successful, prepare to have that success. Because if you want it and you get it, then you want to enjoy it and not let success then defeat you. You know? So you got to work hard. And then you got to decide if you're working hard enough. If you don't like the results that you see, maybe you need to work harder. Or if you don't like the results that you see, maybe you need to work smarter. If you don't like the results that you see, maybe you're not consistent enough. And if you look at those three things, working hard, working smart, and working consistent, you might see an elevated outcome in the results that you're looking for. It might make it better for you. That might be a place to start. A lot of people don't know where to start. And maybe it requires baby steps. Maybe you have to do a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Plan it out. Condition yourself to work harder. Because if you go full speed into it, you might run out of gas and boom, you're done. Kind of like a marathon. If you sprint full out at the start of it, you're going to run out of gas and you're not going to recover. You've got to pace. It's all about pacing, pacing. That's what we got to do is we build stamina in our work ethic. And then eventually, maybe we get to the point. But then what else? What else can I do? What else can I bring to the table? What else can I do to get even better? What else can I do to make others around me better? You know, you think about it. It takes, uh, it takes work. And the result then is based off the work you put in. But then you have to consider, are you working hard enough? Are you looking for shortcuts? Because in the end, if you are working hard enough, you should be drowning in perspiration. 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. You should have a bag full of deodorant along with you, knowing that you're going to get dirty. You're going to get smelly. It's going to get stinky. It might be offensive to others around you because they don't understand or have the same work ethic as you do. But in the end, you will have the success that you want, the desired goal or the desired outcome that you want. And then what else? Remember, life's a journey, not a destination. And what you do on that journey matters. It just depends on what you want. There's no one size fits all. What I want might be different from what you want, might be different from everybody else. But you have to decide. You have to choose. But if you're really looking to raise the standard, to bring out your inner greatness, to achieve something that then will inspire and motivate others to do the same, you're taking your passion, you're making it happen, you're letting yourself be great. It all starts with work and work ethic.
This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast. I'm Son Edom, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. Check out our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. You can click on the uh, logo for Two Steps Ahead Podcast and listen to all our shows. We host our shows on YouTube, the video portion, the audio portion on SoundCloud. In fact, you can subscribe to our YouTube and SoundCloud accounts and never miss an episode. Be notified when new episodes post. If you're an audio person, not only can you listen to podcasts or this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can go to SoundCloud, you can download our episodes, and you can take them with you on the go. So you don't have to set your computer or anything like that. You can bring up the uh, SoundCloud app, listen on your phone. So many places that you can go and listen to us. You can just go, hey, Siri, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, play TWO, Two Steps Head Podcast, and we pop up there. And again, we're on all sorts of the uh, popular web hosting places or the podcast hosting places. Um, you can check us out on Instagram at TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. We post a video there of the show. There's a link tree link in the bio that will take you to all the places that you need to go, SoundCloud, YouTube, or merchandise shop if you'd like to support the show. And then um, also you can check my, out my personal page at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. But when it comes down to it, it's what you put into it is what you get out of it. So think about that. If you don't like what you're doing, if you don't like the relationship you're in, but you think the person is the right person for you, maybe you need to do a little bit more to make that relationship work. If you're in the job and you like the job that you're doing, but it's not quite working out for you, maybe you need to put a little bit more work in. Because remember, it comes down to three things, working harder, working smarter, and being consistent in that work. And if you put those three things together, you will see success start to grow. And success breeds success. And so once you see a little bit of success, you'll want more and then more and then more. And before you know it, the train's rolling down the track. And it's a successful journey. Again, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Two Steps Ahead podcast. Take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. Our website, RadioWarp.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, God bless.